Hey everybody, welcome back to the Extra Podcast, episode number 267. Almost as many episodes as Michael Phelps has medals. What do you think? Wait a minute, that wasn't a very good rim. I don't even know how to do one of those. What do they call those things when you... Drum roll. A rim shot? Rim shot. Maybe. I'm not sure. I wasn't a drummer either. As you can tell, our friend and... Senior Pastor Jeff Bucknam is here today. Good to see you, Paul. How are you? Uh, yeah, good to see you. There's too. just I'm doing of, well. There's just two of us yeah, here today. So, very, <laughs> yeah, it's just the two of us having a conversation over some of these questions that you guys have sent in. So, uh, it's been a good summer for you, though, Jeff. It has been a pretty good summer. Yeah, I've been good. I've been out at the baseball field. My son's team won uh, the Western National Championships this last weekend for the Pee Wee Triple A Division. That's awesome. Well, yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, that's it's difficult to watch your kids excel at sports. Uh, it's difficult to watch them not excel at sports. It's actually just difficult to watch them play sports because you have no control over anything. You can tell my voice is shot because I was screaming my head off. Mm-hmm. And I think I also got oh, sick. Oh, is that why? <laughs> I, I also got sick because I, I couldn't sleep. It was in Saskatoon, and I found it difficult to sleep. How are the umps out in Saskatoon? Well, they took the best umps from all over the all Western Canada th- oh, wow. for this. So okay. I am happy to say that when you get to the pinnacle of uh, umpiring in Western Canada, yeah, mm-hmm. they're still awful. No, they're they're actually excellent. <laughs> oh, they're good. really good. They were wow. fantastic. We had a So we, <clears throat> at this park that we were at... Uh, you could, they had all the seating around the backstop, you know? Yeah. And I like sitting out in the outfield. And the reason for that is because I, uh, I have a habit of getting vocally involved in the games. And in my early days following my kids' sports, I have, I found myself being vocally, uh, abrasive to some of those who are, is that putting it mildly? Yeah, no, it is actually, I was not really horrible, but like, I found myself feeling the this deep sense of injustice at in my spirit that you just called a strike on my kid, but it was not a strike. Right. And, and then you, if you're near the guy, I'm the kind of guy yeah. who, like, if I'm near you and I know you can hear me, oh, I'll I'll let you know. Yeah. So I would find myself want, like fighting myself. Not I don't want to. I, I don't want to yell at the umpire because I understand he's doing his best he can, and they make mistakes like everybody else. I know all that, but in the moment you're like yo. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Do you know? Yes. Maybe you should get a ball. You oh, could my see. goodness. So, so then. Goodness, my kids have just started into competitive sports. Yeah. My kids are, uh, well, my, my oldest is 15 and she's into a lot of music. And then our 13 year old, though, she played basketball at school for the first time hmm. this year and, and volleyball. And yeah, going to these games for the first time. Yeah. All of a sudden, these emotions started coming out. And I'm just like, what's going on with me? We've got all this oh, totally. anger building up I never inside fe- me. And- I never felt that way when I played. I mean, there were a couple of occasions where it was just such a, you know, right. you get frustrated when you play. Yeah. But watching it, because you have no control over it. And totally. they're your little kid. And you feel yeah. like, you're wronging my child. Yeah. It was a great, great story I heard, actually, uh, recently from a guy who was saying that the first pitch of a, uh, there was this uh, catcher. And the first pitch of the baseball game came to the catcher, and the, it was a strike. And the umpire didn't say anything. It was He called it a ball. And the ball, it was an easy strike. Yeah. So the catcher, yeah. the first pitch, he uh-huh. takes the ball out of his glove, and he holds it up to the umpire uh, and asks him to take the ball. 
And the umpire says, oh, what's wrong with the ball you've got? Mm -hmm. And the catcher said, oh, I just want one that you can see. (laughs) So I'm afraid that I'll say something like that. (laughs) Right. Right? So so what I do is I sit in the outfield. Right. uh, And I found that it helps a lot that way. The downside is that all the other parents think I'm being aloof. Yeah. So I'm always hoping that they don't see that. I try to tell them. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be aloof. I'm just right. trying to limit my. I'm trying to actually help my, my witness, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, empire and yeah. the future of my son in the like. I, yeah. I so I sit in the outfield. Well, we found in the outfield in in Saskatoon, is like mosquito heaven. That's where oh, they yes. live. Yeah, they're everywhere. And so oh, yeah. we found that they, they were going to broadcast the the final of this of this game on TV, mm-hmm. the final game of this tournament on TV. And uh, so during the tournament, they had constructed this this uh, this stand for the TV camera in center field that so, so sat up above the center field wall. Mm-hmm. And so we climbed up there, me, my son, and another guy. Yeah. We yeah. climbed up there and we sat on this TV stand with oh, our cool. chairs. Yeah, and it was probably one of the best viewing because you could see every ball that was a strike. It was a perfect angle oh, that's for cool. the. For that, and also you could sit there and just, uh, you know, the, you were looking right down on the center fielder, mm-hmm. and it was a great place to cheer from. We got in conversations with the other team's center fielder. We were always being really nice to them. They were good. We would cheer for their good plays too. And but when our kids hit a really good ball, we'd be standing up. Ah, yeah, of course, out. sure. So I had a lot That's of good. Great. Yeah, we had a great, a lot of fun watching the baseball, and it turned out to be to be good. But honestly, I've never experienced. I, I you know, I do things that are that require a certain amount of courage and, you know, like people say the worst, the most scariest thing that you can do in your life is public speaking. I do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. People are more scared of public speaking than they are death. And so you'd expect <laughs> yeah. people, you mean to get nervous before public speaking. And I uh-huh. sometimes do, but yeah. for the most part, because I, because I have a part to play in it, you know, I don't, I know that I can control a little bit of the sure. c- circumstance. Mm-hmm. I get more nervous before any stupid, like it's dumb too. Cause I try to tell myself, why are you nervous before a 13 year old baseball game? Stop it. It doesn't like at the end of the day, it does not really, it doesn't matter at all, no. but it's because you have no control over any of the proceedings and you just sit there and you like, I, my hands shake before the game and it's so stupid. It is so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But we, yeah. No, I, so it's nice when you win. We don't it, usually yeah. win. Uh, right. So this was like an anomaly. So I'm yeah, very much well, to get out to the. I mean, yeah, you had to win really a lot cool. to get to that tournament, though. Even oh, our team right? was really poor most of the season, and we wow, just we really? got we we got good at the right time, wow. right? Like like a playoff hockey team, you know, that right. just kind of yeah. ekes their way into the thing. Yeah, we got hot in the playoffs. Yeah, cool, and they got they did well. Cool. So did you play any Pokemon Go while you're at the field? Your boys into that? No. No, yes, they, they, well, they are yeah. until I told them to stop playing it because they were costing me money because <laughs> of the GPS tracking and all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, like yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, they have played it, yes. Yeah. And they... Uh, yeah. yeah, my kids... Your kids? Yeah, right they, yeah, they're into it too. You bet. And we were in Squamish over the weekend and walked around downtown Squamish, which isn't a big area, so you can... But there's... So we walked a number of blocks, uh, and as we're walking, there's... These pokey stops are everywhere down there. What is Various. a pokey stop? Uh, a pokey stop, for those, basically. For those yeah, who are if you aren't and... into Pokemon Go, a poke a pokey stop is a spot, uh, like a real location where you can go uh, with your phone, and you have, if you have the app open and running, then it 
it tracks based on where you're located. Uh, it triangulates through the cell network or whatever. Yep. Shows where you are on the map and if you're close enough to this location. So it's going to be a landmark. So it, it could be a church. It could be. It usually a, is churches and yeah, parks, churches right? Churches or murals, okay. uh, artwork, that kind of thing. Yeah. So downtown Squamish, there's a number of murals on the sides of buildings and, and parks and things like that <coughs> that you can walk to. And when you go there, you, you touch the screen and you flip this little coin that's there. And then these little gifts come on the app which are balls which catch the pokemon for you as you go hunting for pokemon so so it's augmented reality so yes. you're looking at a screen and it, it it's actually a kind of, it's using your camera to take a picture of what's in front of you but on the screen you can turn the camera off though oh on the screen which, though yeah there's battery life there sure. is a little guy yeah there's some little guy a pokemon a little cartoon creature with a name like pikachu yeah or Tura leg, or I'm sorry, that's, I don't even know if that's no, one. No, but, but like, there's the. Uh, there are all sorts bump, of them. Bubble sore, bubble sore. Yeah, something I don't like even that. Know. Anyway, anyway, I and then they have Pokemon gyms where you can take your poke. The whole goal here is yes. to get get Pokemon who then go fight each other. But the f- anyway, the fights are not really that violent. No, they just go and yeah, they- you zap you zap the other Pokemon creatures, and then if you if you win, then you get points, and then your points your rating get- goes up, and you can fight. Better. higher guys yeah. yeah you can you can grow your pokemon yeah. into more strengths so it's huge and it's funny because the game has created all sorts of funny sites where you're getting like little like communities of people at these pokestops yeah and gyms who all gather around like if you go to uh, here in Abbotsford, you go down to mill lake park you can see you know a bunch of yeah 15 to th- actually 15 to 50 year olds sitting around yeah, tables totally. yeah with their phones in front of their faces, and they're all talking and stuff. It's created a very interesting kind yeah. of dynamics. Yeah. And it's done that for some churches, too. A lot of people gather around churches. I've seen guys on skateboards riding through our parking lot with a phone in front of their face, stopping every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> not the safest, maybe. No, but we're outside the city a <laughs> little yeah. bit, and so yeah. as a result, there's not that many people who come here, but Northview's got a pokey, is a pokey stop. Yeah, you bet. Right at our front sign on, the, on Downs Road. So yeah. we got a question about this? Yeah, somebody somebody wrote in and um, talked about Pokemon Go because when it started, there was a little bit of um, controversy around it for some reason. Some people think think it's a lot of fun and you can just do it and, and enjoy it and everything. Um, other people uh, think it's not healthy because you're just on your phone all the time and people you get are, things where people do it while they're driving. Like there was that video online where well, a guy crashes the- into a cop car. <laughs> and then he gets up, holds up his phone. It was in Baltimore too, which is a place that's the cops are on edge because of all the. Um, well, they've had a lot of bad press because of the way yeah. the, that one case went down. And yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And and the guy got out and was holding his phone. He, I'm just playing a stupid game. I was just. Playing a stupid <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to kill you. <laughs> so uh, so the question came in. Well, uh, just kind of a lighthearted question: Are you are we pro Pokemon Go or not? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you use it, you use it to go out and you can, um, if you go downtown Abbotsford, there's a lot of Pokestops around, a lot of yeah. these gyms and arenas and things where you can play against other people. Um, you can actually get out and get some exercise well, there's while a doing it. Yeah, there so that's go. a good thing. You can go out and when you go to these areas that are gyms and arenas, you can, you can meet new people. Yeah. There's some uh, churches that I know of because a lot of churches are pokey stops. There's yeah. some churches that I know of that have 
said, well, look at all the people who are coming to the outside of your church or to the area. Why don't you just make them feel, you know, welcomed? And yeah. there's some pastors who've gone out and just learned how to play the game and sit there and they've, uh, you know, they'll play it with the, the other folks who are there. Yeah. I, I am very much pro Pokemon Go. Yeah. Now, the, the negative side would be things like if, if this is becoming an, a priority for oh, you. Totally. Like, just like anything where we can... Any good thing can any, be yeah, an ultimate if you, thing. Yeah, if you... Um, sacrifice uh, your family. Sac- and- yes, exactly. This is where I was going. The sacrifice your family or your time or stay home sick from work or whatever yeah. <laughs> because you think you you just want to play Pokemon Go all the time. This or, is not it. Or, or watch Netflix. Yeah. Like, that's true. my point. Is totally. We, we as cr- people are weird in that we are... Um, like where life is filled with some good things. Pokemon, yeah. I would put Pokemon Go in there or baseball in mm-hmm. there or whatever yeah. your thing, dance, whatever your thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there are good things that, that are all around us. We tend to make those good things into ultimate things. We yeah. think that because they provide us a level of joy, we think that they can provide us ultimate joy if we invest enough time and effort in them. We think that yeah. if we win a baseball game, or if we're really awesome at Pokemon Go, which is going to require a ton of time on us, it's going to fulfill us right. and make us feel like we have meaning and purpose in our lives. And the truth is, if you've ever done that, which all of us have, and invested all time and energy and love in an event like that or a good thing like that, you learn very quickly that when you actually get the standing or the level that you thought was going to give you happiness, it actually didn't or it did and the happiness was really fleeting so sports is like that you win a championship and you think oh we wanted so badly to win this championship isn't it awesome and then the next morning you're like well what next right right so my point is what we tend to do is we tend to load uh, things that can never provide for us the joy that we actually are seeking we Mm -hmm. tend to load things that can't do that with the expectation that they can and so we get really sad when they don't Mm -hmm. and then we keep trying over and over again to find a new thing that's going to provide that sort of stuff so on the one hand is it is it a good thing so you want to say yeah absolutely Uh, right but all things in moderation yeah but could it be an ultimate thing absolutely and when it becomes an ultimate thing you need to realize that only jesus is going to fulfill your greatest joy and so he's going to be the only one who provides that ultimately so don't look to invest in those things you know, yeah, yeah. those good things, uh, something that only Jesus can provide. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that about most of the good things in our life, food, sex, mm-hmm. uh, money, like all the things that are good yeah. about life. Right. Yeah. So we, and we talk about that. Um, I, I, in a sermon recently, I was talking about how uh, only Jesus satisfies, right? And so yeah, to John six. Je- Jesus really satisfies. Yeah. Uh, kind of took the wording from the Snickers commercials, right? Snickers yeah. really. Anyway, the when we talk about this though, how are ways so there's people probably listening who are going, "Yeah, I know, I hear this a lot that Jesus is only the only one who can really satisfy, the re- the only one who can really fulfill my uh for my joy and my purpose in life yeah. and things like this." How do we um encourage people like practical ways to pursue Right. Finding their joy and satisfaction in Christ. Right. Um, so I have to give a theological uh, category for a minute, though. Okay. Good. Um, and it's the it's the belief, or what the scriptures teach, that um, the kingdom of God is already here, but it's not yet totally here. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So we expect the return of Christ. Yeah. When all of our joys will be 
ultimately fulfilled. Mm-hmm. We have a down payment in the presence of the spirit mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but there's this tension. You understand there's a tension totally. there. There's an, yeah. like we already experienced the joy of Christ, mm-hmm. but not yet totally. Um, and so, th- so how, let me try to, I don't know. We're living in the already not yet. We are. The language of, I think, George so Eldon Ladd. So here's the, the thing. Person. A lot okay. of people are thinking, oh, but I want to experience the kind of euphoric joy that a, 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 like a, a national championship in my sport will yeah, provide. right. And I want Jesus to provide that for me. And my response to you is going to be, okay, he will. Mm-hmm. But notice how I said that. Mm-hmm. He will, and it will be sustaining and lasting. It will not fade in the same way that the national championship now will. That that, that national championship in your sport, in your baseball or whatever, yeah. that <clears throat> is a shadow, mm-hmm. right? It's a fleeting shadow of what will be, but yeah. on a higher level. I, quite honestly, I put sex on this level. Yeah, It's a fleeting shadow of the euphoria mm-hmm. that we will be ours when Christ finally consummates his kingdom. Right. Uh, I'll put the joy that we have when we buy a new thing. All, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's a shadow and it flee, it's fleeting. It goes away. So so you're asking a question, but can we have in the present age a euphoria uh, in Christ like that? Yeah, at times. Mm-hmm. At times, but not always. So if you're, if you're looking to say, if you're saying, well, I'm going to invest myself in all those other things. And if you're telling me Jesus is going to fulfill me in those other ways, so tell me how I can do that with Jesus right. in the same way it's going to provide for me in, or I'm going to get those feelings from those other things. I'm going to say, well, I'm not sure that's quite what I'm talking about. I don't know if there will be moments in your life where you have these great mountaintop experiences mm. with Christ mm-hmm. and you will be euphoric. They will be euphoric. There mm-hmm. are experiences like that. You can go to church sometimes and just the spirit, mm-hmm. you, you've sensed the presence of the spirit. The spirit's always there, by the way, with you. That's Yes. But you'll sense the presence of the spirit in a special way. You'll come to a new understanding of the gospel that you've always had. Mm-hmm. You know, you've always had the gospel, but now you, it's like the diamond was turned a little bit and you just revel in its glory and majesty. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you will have these experiences in your life over and over again. Yeah. The expectation that they're always there yeah. is, I think, unrealistic in a world where we're already saved and not yet totally. So where the kingdom is already here, but not yet totally here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does that totally. kind of, I hope, I'm trying to answer, I'm trying to, I'm yeah. pushing back a little bit on the question. No, that's good. It's good. It was, uh, it's just a, uh, a good thing for us to think about, I think, just because there's, we we do hear about like our full satisfaction and finding joy in the Lord, and even even a phrase like the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? That kind of thing, right? Like where uh, I think a lot of times in that that passage from Nehemiah is is you know the people are weeping hmm. over the fact that they've just heard the law read to them after getting back to Jerusalem, things are still the the city's still a mess. And they're still they're starting they're rebuilding it, but the the law gets read to them, and everybody starts weeping because they can't believe the sin they've committed, mm. and they're they're dwelling on the sin and and they're they're not finding any joy. But but then he says, no no don't weep, the joy of the Lord is is your strength. So look at how we are God's people. Look how yeah. God is working in us right now. Even though things well, look kind of bad and, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, and Well, think about the language, the, even the picture that mm-hmm. that's drawing is yeah. that the, the lesson there is look forward. Yeah. Right? The joy of the Lord, your strength. Look forward to what God 
God who has promised so much to you is going to do. He's going to keep you. He's going to mm-hmm. guard you. Yep. I find most of the time in the New Testament that when we, when we are encouraged to rejoice in the Lord, mm-hmm. it's not usually over the current circumstances. Right. We're supposed to rejoice in the Lord over the fact that we are part of this great story yeah. that God has written for us mm-hmm. and that this story will end on the last page. Mm-hmm. This story will end with you and I in the presence of the Lord Jesus with full, the fullest of joy. Yeah. And most of the Bible is pointing your eyes toward that day. Yeah. And it's saying, hey, you can, you can withstand the difficulty in the, in the present moment. You can just stand the challenges yeah. or the fleeting natures. That you can right. stand all this stuff because you know that there is a day coming where he will judge the living and the dead and there yeah. will be no more tears. Right. Right yeah. to those who he has who yeah. he has called to himself, and so like yeah. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say yeah. is that I've come to realize that sometimes the expectation that we have for our life today mm-hmm. is that it's on this euphoric level. In fact, our culture around us is so existential now. Oh. Meaning, when I yeah. those existential, I mean like they're looking for momentary whooshes so yeah. much that the Christian church has sort of adopted that. Mm-hmm. And been, in fact, I was watching a. I was watching a video the other day about a guy, some some guys, and I think it's in there in Toronto. They uh, they pretend that they're smoking dope, but they're not smoking dope. They're smoking God. They're smoking uh, Jesus. I, I know it sounds crazy. There's a whole you can go on YouTube. You can watch this, <laughs> and these guys act like they're getting high on Jesus, right? Okay. And you watch this, and you're like, yeah, you see, there's a difference there, because what the scriptures are calling you to do is to wait patiently. Mm-hmm. for for the redemption of your bodies mm-hmm. to wait to wait patiently for it and to endure in the present time and yes there are going to be some joys in the present time because of mm-hmm. the fact that we're already saved right yeah there're going to be some really cool joys in Christ but most of the stuff we look forward to in that day so mm-hmm. when my son wins a, a significant baseball game i you know i'm excited and that's fantastic and there's a great feeling to that but even in that moment i'm thinking to myself won't it be great mm-hmm. when this feeling doesn't fade mm. When actually the game, the game really mattered in the ultimate sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. W- won't it be great when victory is all we experience? Right. When 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 our, our our victorious king returns back to the great city and we cheer forever right. and ever and ever. Right. And each day we wake up and the and the euphoria is renewed yeah. again and again yeah. and again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, those yeah. things are meant to point forward to that day, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah, and we'll be forever living under a righteous yeah. ruler. So I should add to this. So so what I'm saying is yeah. I think we should actually be enjoying uh, our lives because of this. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, I think that you should really... There, I don't ever want to be heard as saying, oh, well, you shouldn't put any emphasis on your kids' sports or your mm-hmm. the, or the sport team you support or whatever. You should, and you should rejoice in the fact that God's common grace includes things like this. Mm-hmm. He does this not just for, for Christian people, but pagan people. Mm-hmm. He gives them these euphoric moments in their lives. Mm. I think he gives them to them because they're meant to repent <laughs> yeah. and, and realize, don't you want this to be something that lasts forever? It's supposed to be yeah. a shadow of that day. Yeah. Um, but I think Christians should be actively involved in all of these things. You bet. It's just that we shouldn't be the people who are loading those things with such significance that our lives are going to be ending if we don't have them. Yeah. Or that when we have them, we're so euphoric that we're just, you know what I mean? There should be kind of a tempered, Not I'm not saying being dour in either moment, mm-hmm. but like there should be a tempered sense that, yeah, this is great. 
Yeah. But it's not as great as it will be. Right. Or, yeah, this sort of sucks because we lost or because of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's not as bad as it's going to be mm-hmm. or that it, as it could be. As and I still be. have a better hope. Yeah. 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 No, that's it's an awesome perspective just to be able to look forward to to know that we're already in the kingdom, but to know that our future is uh, so many times greater than what we're currently experiencing. Like yeah. the greatest feeling you get now, it, it, it's going to be way greater then. And, right. and the worst experience you have now, it, that's as, that's as bad as it's going to get. Yeah. Like it's not, it's for the, for the Christian who's going to live forever with Christ in the new heavens, new earth, ruling and reigning with him in that yep. the worst thing that can happen to you now is as bad as it'll get. Yeah. And so we should flip so, that too for the one who's not, who's not a believer. And I'm saying that yes, out loud because yeah. I want, mm-hmm. like, we're still in the present time where I want to. Right. Like, the, the yeah. Hand, so the for hand, the unbeliever, what's happening now, the great things that happen now, the great feelings of sex and uh, drugs, if they're doing drugs, whatever it is, the great feelings that they get from those things, that's as good as it'll get. But the worst things they feel are actually going to get worse. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you repent. For eternal, yeah. Because there's eternal judgment to be paid. Right. For those who refuse to humble themselves before Christ and repent and put their faith in Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... On that note, as we look to... You're try to transition from that, are well, you? Well, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was going to transition anyway. earlier, but then we kept going, and now my transition was lost. <laughs> but, so let's look at maybe a contrast between, in, in the U.S., they're currently in political hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the choices that they have to make right now are, are really poor. Yeah. I think probably most voters down there would say these are... This is, these are the worst two candidates we've had in a long time, and probably ever, and how in the world am I supposed to vote for either of them? I'm a voter. You're an American voter, yeah. I know. Are you going to vote? Well, this is an interesting question. As an expat? I have uh, friends who would chastise me if I did not vote. Sure. Because they, say, they would say that you are not participating in uh, the seeking of the common good, mm-hmm. and they think that's a sin. Mm-hmm. And I think you can abstain from voting as a sign of your displeasure, mm-hmm. which is probably what I will do. Right. Uh, I cannot in good conscience bring myself to vote for either of these two yeah. people. The solution that some people have come up with was, well, they're both really awful. Mm-hmm. So just vote for the le- the lesser of the two awfuls. Right. And that usually is the way it works in the US, right? Because you never really fully agree with people. Right. These two candidates in particular, though, I've come to the conclusion that I just, I've actually... Come to the conclusion, I can't in good I can't in good conscience vote for either of them yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. What somebody else does, I, that's if they can come to other conclusions, that's their that's right. their stuff. They can yeah. deal with that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a sin to vote for either of them. I suppose. Yeah, I just think that I can't. I can't. It, it would it would affect me a bit much to have to overlook some of the stuff that either of them have done and said, or will do and say. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the prominent theologians down in the States named Wayne Grudem. Mm. We use his systematic theology for part of our theology class, not because we want Wayne Grudem's theology to be ours, Mm. but it's a very accessible book. Yes. It's very, it's, it's written for uh, people, lay people, all sorts of people to read and understand 
And a lot of systematic theologies aren't like that. You read them and you're like, right. what are exactly. you talking about? Exactly. So we use it as kind of a, a springboard. Yeah. And so uh, we appreciate him um, a lot and the work he's done. Yeah. And he, he sent out a article online, a blog post, whatever you want to call it, that uh, where he made a defense for voting for Donald Trump being the morally good choice. <laughs> And his reasons weren't because he thinks Donald Trump's a great man or anything. He said, no, his, his point in voting was just looking at the future of their judicial system, oh, yeah. the, the Supreme Court, because the president nominates who will be the new people on the Supreme Court. And right now, it's... Um, it's there's an empty nor- seat. There's an empty seat, yes. And even right now, the way it is with the... So, there's eight people right now. But there's supposed to be nine, yeah. There's supposed to be nine. And so, if another liberal-minded, somebody, a progressive who is pushing the culture towards things like uh, even greater access to abortion or even greater um, uh, rights when you get to like transgender bathrooms and, and things like this, people that are pushing the culture further and further in that direction away from religious liberty, his point was if, if Hillary gets in there, the, the Supreme Court will become ultra-liberal and will win every, the liberals will win everything that comes up. But if you get somebody who's conservative or even, I, it's hard to say you can even call Donald Trump a conservative, but if you could, he's saying if Trump gets in there, the conservatives at least have a chance to get some more conservatives on there. So that's why it's a morally good choice. Yeah. Now that argument has some holes. Yeah, but it also, sure. I mean, I, listen, that's the reason. But the there only, is the, a validity If to I it. were voting, that would be the only reason why it would right. be that I that I voted for yeah. Donald Trump. It's a very pragmatic yeah. approach and stuff like that. I understand. Yeah. I understand in the end. I get it. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. I. You know what? I've, I'm old enough now to have gone through several different iterations of American presidents. And they do have a significant input, impact on where the government, where the the mm-hmm. where the country goes i mean last 8 years under obama have moved the country in a progressive direction at, at quite a quite a speed to be honest yeah. mm-hmm. and before that uh george w bush bush had a had an impact on the country that was pronounced in in his decision to go to war with in iraq and yep. yeah, the things that's for sure. so it's not like these people don't have significant they don't you know they don't move history in one one direction no. or another I just, I've gotten to the point in some ways, and unfortunately, I, a lot of people who are probably listening are thinking themselves, and just to the point with politics that, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, God is on his throne. Totally. I'm going to vote for the best person that I think is going to be there. I'm going to leave the rest to God. Yeah. We can try to manipulate and worry and fret about these yeah. sorts of things, uh, and I don't, believe me, I don't, I want the best person to be in there. It's just at the end of the day, there's a lots of dialogue and discussion about what what the best looks like, and... That sort of thing, and I, I've gotten to the point where, I don't know, focusing on some of the local stuff seems to be a little bit more appropriate for me. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, for those of you who are able to vote in the U.S., uh, have fun. You know, yeah, have Enjoy. fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just pray about it and trust that God's in control, and uh, uh, regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens, oh, it'll Our, affect Canada too, right? It a lot of yeah, it affects, for sure. It'll affect everything uh, the Canadians. that yeah, the decisions they make do, does affect us for sure. Yeah. So when we can look, I ask a question though, I why would, why is okay. it Canadians seemed me. a little bit more interested in American politics than their own? 
Like I've had more people talk well, to me about about this political. Even people who know I'm American, they talk to me and they talk about Trump more than they ever would have talked about Stephen Harper. Yeah. Not. Please don't hear me as equating no. Trump with Stephen Harper either. I'm just trying to say that I I, I was. I'm, I've just been surprised. Why do you think Canadians are so interested in American politics? It's just because it's more televised and the characters seem a well, little part bit of it, more crazy. I think part of it is that it's always in our faces. Okay. So even in our newspapers, in our uh, news, if you watch Global News or CBC or which, whichever one you decide to watch, American politics is always covered. Hmm. And um, I think from up here, our news networks tend to push towards the liberal direction too. So... And, and we kind of know that. And so when we see them pushing against a guy like Trump, we're like, okay, I, or at least me, when I hear that, I just kind of go, okay, are they, are they really, is he that bad? Or are they making him sound worse than he is? No, but no I actually think he is he's that bad. bad. <laughs> he's a, he's a narcissist. Sure. It, he is, yeah. So I think that's part of it is that uh, when we look at, and we know the history of, um, I mean, the Clintons have been in politics for so long down there. And you can look at the fact that she got off of not charged by the FBI and all this stuff. So there's all these things that have come up, especially in this process. So I hear you saying that it's kind of a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you watching it is like it is like watching a reality it's, TV show. It is, and you kind of get locked in because you're like, what kind of stupid thing, right? Are these people going to do next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, and then then you think I to mean, yourself, it's not just hey, you're going to get kicked out of the house or off the island. You're actually going to be the leader of the free world, right? Uh oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they'll yeah. have a big red button by their desk. Yeah. Exactly. That, this, this person, one of two exactly. of them, launch it. We'll have right? like they've got the, the codes. They've got the codes beside them. Yeah, I know. I know it's kind of scary. Man. Anyway, so let's go on to one last. What do you question think if Trump wins? Do you think that's the first question that comes out of his mouth? When he gets into office, first? no, he's just going to say, <laughs> "Where are the codes?" Yeah. Yeah. Just give me the codes. I want to give me the codes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember what a- Ted Cruz said about me. Yeah, <laughs> first shot, his house. <laughs> oh, crazy. Anyway, uh, one last question before we go for the today. Um, uh, one of our listeners wrote in about VBS, and she one, her kids attended a VBS locally. She VBS say stands for? Vacation Bible School. Which is every, where they're everywhere. Most churches do lots a of VBS. Churches do yeah, exactly. And so her, her kids went to one of these, and she went and... Uh, Viewed it one day and was, and they were. She heard the leaders talking to the kids about the gospel, and telling them that they needed to accept Jesus into their hearts. And her question is: uh, the Bible doesn't actually tell us to ask Jesus into our heart. The Bible talks about salvation in a very different way. So, when presenting the gospel to children, uh, is it okay to use this kind of language of asking Jesus into our heart, or should we be looking for? a different way to talk to, to kids. Is this giving kids a false impression yeah. of what it means to be Probably. a Christian? I think most of us know what is meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the history of it, I, I've read a little bit about some of the history where that language came from, mm. um, although I'm not recalling it all that well right now. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, yeah, the, it's that, that language is found nowhere in the Bible. Right. Right. Uh, I will also add that nowhere in the Bible is it 
said, does it say that you need to pray a specific sinner's prayer to be a Christian? Right. Um, that Does that mean that praying a sinner's prayer is a bad thing? No, doesn't mean that at all. But there are some, there are some uh, unintended consequences of emphasizing that too much and saying, this is, this is a, how do you become a Christian? Well, you pray this prayer. Well, right. no, you repent and believe the gospel, which you do, right? Turn, repent, turn from your former manner of life, or at least be willing to and say, look, I'm, you submit to the authority of Jesus. Yeah. So it means to repent and you believe the gospel, meaning, which is actually a cognitive act that you're actually thinking yes. to yourself. I'm, I'm agreeing yep. that what the Bible says about this Jesus is true. I believe that he is the son of God, right? Resin, mm-hmm. Resurrected on the third day. You know, you yep. don't need to have all the details. You don't need to know that God is... Uh, you, I don't even think that you need to in that moment know that God is Trinity necessarily. Right. Although you need to believe that Jesus is God. Yes. Right? So I, like, I'm not asking for a doctrinal formulation in that moment. That there are some basic cognitive things you're agreeing with. Yeah. That's what it means to repent, though, and believe the gospel. Yeah. And so... Uh, be willing to follow Christ. <clears throat> yeah, that's the way the scriptures talk about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um. So, should we be telling our kids, "Ask Jesus into your heart"? Is it going to be mis? I, like I said, I think that most most people think uh, understand that to mean is what I just described. Yeah. And, and conveying all that, I yeah. don't. I don't think that it's helpful mm-hmm. language um, necessarily. I don't. Uh, I, I, that's not the language I would use yeah. when I tell people, yeah. even kids. Right? I, I, you know, I used to tell them to t- turn and follow, turn away from, you know, your sin and follow, yes. follow, be willing to follow Jesus. Yeah, and that, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So, I probably would advise people to use a different kind of language. Mm-hmm. Although I also want to have a lot of grace on the people who are using that language because they're just oh, yeah. speaking about the way that the yeah. speaking in the ways that they've been. Taught right. themselves and yeah. is common parlance today. Yeah, but I think it it it, it kind of goes towards are you um, are you spending time uh, intentionally discipling your children? Um, so, in in other words, when your when your children when your child prays and uh, they go to VBS like this and the, they say they come home and say I asked Jesus in my heart today and then you're excited for them that's great. Do you just leave it at that, or are you actually, or are we actually, um, actually teaching them the Bible at home? Are we having those, like going over Scripture together with them? Are we even reading books like uh, kids' Bibles, like the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, showing them the the what Scripture teaches about Jesus and who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what it means to follow him with your life. And and if that's all happening, then yeah, saying that they asked Jesus into their heart is is fine. But if it's just adding Jesus onto everything else in life. So so yeah, I I added Jesus onto my life into my life so that he can make me a better uh, sports yeah. player, a better baseball player. Or yeah. I added Jesus into my life so that I don't have any struggles. Or so that Jesus is going to make everything good yeah. in my life. Uh, so there's not going to be any more pain or suffering, or right. but then all of a sudden something comes along and they do struggle, and then where was Jesus? And their faith falters. And yeah. so one of the things that I would add in this part is that this is part of the reason why, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm a real advocate for church-based evangelism. Mm. If that if that you understand that yeah. term um, in the Bible, what you've got the term disciple 
in the Bible is used for people who are Christians and not yet Christians. Right. It's about somebody who's a learner in Jesus. Mm, there yes. are some cases in the Bible where you have disciples who turn away from Jesus. Yeah, right. And there are cases, but th- but it's also used at, in places as shorthand for those who are true followers of Jesus, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of of the opinion that discipleship is something that can happen before and after yeah. one makes a profession of faith totally. in Christ. And so my thing is, <clears throat> if you view it that way, you recognize that this is a journey and it is a longer term uh this is a longer term approach. If you know what the scriptures say about perseverance, mm-hmm. then you're going to recognize that not everybody who makes a profession of faith at age four is going to pres- persevere in their faith. They're not that that's not going to happen. Right. So what needs to happen in their life is they need to have a, a continual input uh, of you know th- through the church. I hope. Yeah. So that's what I mean by church based evangelism. And so I've never been a huge massive fan of tent pent meeting evangelism, the Billy Graham type style, even though I know the Lord has used that in great ways. And I thank God for that. I mean, I really thank God for how God oh, he yeah. has used Billy Graham and all those other approaches. It's just mm-hmm. that if I had a choice to make right now, was that the kind of like evangelism that I would be like, yeah, we should really get involved in that kind? No, actually, I think that we should be involved in stuff that gets people connected to local churches. Yeah, Because what it'll do is that if if I can get you involved and you, you come, so for example, that's why I think VBSs are really great. They're yeah. usually run by local churches. Mm-hmm. But if those VBSs stand alone, apart from like a tie-in to their children's ministry, then they're at risk of faltering in this way too. The goal in the goal at a VBS is not just to get a bunch of kids to pray a prayer and right. then, then notch notch the little marks on your yeah. on your board and say, "Look, there's this many kids came to faith in Christ this yeah. this uh, summer." Even though that that that's not a horrible thing for kids to pray to receive Christ. Mm-hmm. Y- you also. I think the great uh, goal is to get kids involved in the life of the local church yeah. so that they can actually come and learn about Jesus every week. I hope that they get – I told uh, our young adults group when I was a young adults pastor here, uh, uh, there's a guy who, who spoke to them the week prior and said, well, I'm not trying to convert you. And so the next week I showed up and the first thing I said is, I just want you to know I'm totally trying to convert you. Yeah. Like every right. week <laughs> totally. I'm trying to convert you. Totally. I just want you to know. And that's honestly, that's what I want to do. I want to convert everybody every week. I want them to get mm-hmm. a better idea of what the gospel is. I want them to love Jesus more. I want them – and that's until the day they die. That's my goal. Yeah. And I think that's what the local church exists to do. And so getting our emphasis onto that, onto the weekly, the regular, steady mm-hmm. diet of, yep. you know, the Word of God and all that uh, it, it is the goal. The fellowship, all that right. is the goal. And yep. so it, it's, it's helpful if the churches, if, the, if these evangelism methods tie explicitly into local churches. Oh, it's yeah. helpful that way. Because then this language issue doesn't become such a big deal. People say all sorts of goofy things when they come to yeah. faith in Christ. It's like babies, right? right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. Um, but I mean that it's a great thing to consider, though. Like, how are we? How are we supposed to talk to our kids about the gospel? And how? Um, and it's a good thing for all parents, I think, to consider. Like, how are you going to be talking to your kids about Jesus? And and are are you having them involved in uh, coming to church with you, sitting through yeah. service maybe, or going to kids' ministry? Uh, all of those things are going to go towards their growing in their faith. And so when they come home with you after church on Sunday, uh, when you're driving in the car, ask them, so what did you 
if you if they sat in the service with you, what did you hear that you liked during the the service? What what words popped out, or what did the what did the pastor say? Or if you have them going to Sunday school, what you learn? What did you learn today? What mm-hmm. what were the verses that you talked about? What songs did you sing? And, what did you and, like? Yeah. What didn't you like? Yeah, totally. So All be engage your kids with with your faith with their faith. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, but that's what you just described as discipleship. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's what you meant just by all of that anyway. Yeah, but yeah, you're that. just discipling people. But right. that the idea isn't that it's there's some magic bullet that if you shoot people with it, see, it's all right. good, taken care of. Yeah. No, it's just it's a steady diet over and over again till the Great. day we die. We need yeah. we need the Lord's uh, persevering grace on our lives, and amen. He does that through local churches and yeah. through parents and through others. Yeah. Amen. All right, folks, that's it for today. So if you have any questions you'd like to send in, please email us uh, at extra at northview.org. And uh, as you go out hunting for Pokemon, let us know where we can find Pikachu. He seems to be elusive for us. I have him. What? No, I don't. Okay. All right. So take care. Have a good week.